Hi, Hallie. Hey, Julie. Welcome to the Rise for Educators podcast. I'm Julie. And I'm Holly. We are instructional coaches and sister-in-laws who decided to take our teacher talk out of the corner of our family gatherings and put it into a podcast. How are you doing this week, Hal? (laughs) (laughs) That's a loaded question. So um, this is our first week back to school. Both Julie and I went back to school this week. Um, Neither of us have students yet. It was just kind of like, teacher PD and institute days. Um, so, wow. Um, yeah. so first of all, on a positive note, so fun to see everybody. Um, I agree. I didn't realize, I agree. I didn't realize yeah. how much I've really been missing people in person. Um, yeah, I totally agree. That's, you know, I know everyone is, uh, feels differently about going into school, but I am such a people person that it was so great. I, actually, I was thrilled just to like get up get dressed and leave my house and see, uh, see people other than my immediate family members who I love, but I could use a little space from. Yeah. After six months or whatever. It's yeah. Been, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I get it. Yeah. Uh, on the other side of thing. Wow. Lots of fight and flight energy. I think. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's like <laughs> all my teacher friends, like everybody's saying the same thing. It's like, yeah. you know, this is just what's happening all over. Um, but like missing materials, people are shifting positions. Um, just a big one with us is disproportionate class sizes. So mm-hmm. some people have like, especially our virtual teachers had really high numbers. I think they're making some adjustments and then our in-person teachers had to have lower numbers. So, um, that was a really big thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think like people are mostly like, okay, so how do I teach virtually? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Like, how do I actually do this? You know, right. That's the same. Yeah. It's like such a different job. It really is such a different job. I mean, we're all teach people, person, people, people, (laughs) people, 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 person. Actually, we're purple people, people leaders at this point. And just to go in and yeah, exactly. It's like, we can have, we, well, we, Holly, we were talking like earlier about, you know, how, that our districts are rolling out PD and everything is well-intentioned, but when it comes down to it, like we just need to learn how to sit in front of our computer and, you know, get to our zoom or our Google meet and share our screens and use our tech tools. And how do we keep track of our kids and take attendance and like just so many logistics that it's like any kind of PD, no matter, even if it's well-meaning, it's just really, really tough. I think that everyone is, we're just going to have to live this a little bit. I think you're right. You know, we were in the middle of a PD session and one of the teachers that I was in the room with was like, okay, honestly, I have no idea what I'm doing. It's like, they're speaking Japanese and that's making my anxiety even worse. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I get it. And you know, like what's really interesting is this whole like ladder knowledge, I think has been really helpful. Um, both in being more compassionate to myself and to other people. But like, as soon as she said that, I was like, okay, she's in fight. I mean, she's in flight and she's moving toward the red and shut down. Like it, it doesn't her no good to continue along this path because she really isn't taking anything in. Um, and she was not alone. I mean, I think there were tons of people that were kind of at that place. So again, it was like, really, I like from a PD point of view, really well-crafted PD, but the timing, you know, it was like just not as well-timed. Yeah. Um, well, so it's just, but we've yeah. never done this. So it's like good food for thought, you right. know? 
yeah, I do think like, and if, if anyone's listening and they don't know what we're talking about with the ladder, you can listen to one of our earlier episodes, but the ladder represents your nervous system and we're all a bunch of nervous systems walking around. And, you know, when you're feeling great, you're at the top of your ladder, you're green and you're safe and social right now. Most of us are in the middle, that yellow, that fight or flight in some way or another. I mean, I, I think even if you are an awesome online teacher, just going into depending on how you're feeling about COVID and wearing masks and just actually physically going into a building and being with other human beings like that. And, and, and then you add to that. Now we're online teachers and we have to learn all these tech tools and how do we collaborate? I mean, everyone, I think nervous systems are a little out of whack. So Holly, I mean, just being real, like I've been a mess this week, a total mess. And I don't know, you know, what's been going on. I'm, but I'm trying to use the ladder knowledge to regulate myself and other people. And I've not done the best job. So just keeping yeah. it real. So my yeah. check-in is um, once in a while, I become obsessed with a song and I just want to hear that song over and over again. And uh, the benefit of having 20 year olds as kids is that they kind of keep you up to date on music. And my daughter, Grace introduced me to the song called coffee and I'm, a, I love coffee. So that was good. <laughs> And so this is my song obsession that is helping me move up the ladder and just feel a little bit better. The artist is Quinn XCII, which is Roman numeral for 92. And the song is Coffee. And I just, I'm obsessed with it. I just keep listening to it over and over again. It just calms me down and just kind of brings me up. Um, and what's cool is I didn't know how to say, I was like, what is this Quinn? You know, how do you say this? And I looked it up, and what's so cool is uh, Quinn is an acronym. I love acronyms, and it stands for quit unless your instincts are never neglected. Mm. Yeah, and then the XCII is Roman numeral 92. That was the year he was born. And mm. that was just like a cool extra layer to like, I love this song. I find it like it really kind of raises me up a little bit. Mm. Um, so I would check out him. His music is just kind of pop but it's kind of a blend of genres and super cool. Um, so that's bringing me up the ladder. That's on coffee for whatever reason. And then um, also I was thinking I need to write a new mantra. So before I go to school every morning, I need a new mantra. I don't have it yet. I don't know uh, exactly what it's going to be, but that's what I'm working on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a good tip. I've never heard of him before. <laughs> I'm excited to listen to him. Yeah. Um, I was thinking, you know, I was kind of reflecting back on, the past years and I was thinking like gosh if I had gone into this year without having because I actually think I'm doing better than I anticipated I would have with everything going around around me um and I think really for me it's because I'm really using the rise system like you know I'm the things that we talk about like I'm naming it like oh there it is there it is in my body like I can feel the tenseness in my shoulders or the pit in my stomach mm -hmm. or whatever it is you know, oh, I'm feeling and then fill in the blank or, oh, that person is in fight or flight. Like even if they, um, you know, kind of lash out or say whatever, like I'm understanding it a little bit better. And so that's yeah. helping me. And I'm, I'm taking a lot of walks and I think I'm like prioritizing that because I know I do need to reset my body. You know, I was laughing because um, we're kind of going from, I'm, you know, I've been really accessible and I came home and uh, one of my daughters was like saying, Hey, can you hang out with me? You know, can we, and usually I'm all about that, but I was like, all right, here's the thing. <laughs> I got like a million things to do. I've got a hyper-focus, blah, blah, blah. And then I went back to her and I was like, okay, here's the thing. Like I am back to school. My nervous system is dysregulated. 
<laughs> like, I think I need to reset my body. Do you want to go on a walk? And then we can do our talking then. And it was just like a nice way to kind of understand what was happening with myself and also communicate it to her and kind of, you know, hopefully show her that's, you know, that's a way that you can really prioritize and take care of yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just think there's like, we have to give ourselves grace, give other people's grace, recognize we're all a little bit dysregulated and, uh, it's going to, it's, it's going to be hard. Yeah. It's going to be different. Yeah. And we yeah. have to figure out goals and walking for me is my biggest tool. And yeah. now this song, coffee song, song. <laughs> <laughs> maybe next week will be something different right now. It's the coffee song. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah. on that note, I think, um, our guest, Barbara Gruner, who we have with us today is just what we need at this point in time. She's truly amazing. Yeah. So I first noticed Barbara on Twitter and what stood out to me was her constant stream of positive posts. And after kind of digging into her a little bit deeper, I found her website, A Corner on Character. And Barbara was so kind to message us uh, early on about being a guest on our podcast. At that time, we actually didn't know how to host a guest on our podcast. So I was like, yes, uh, we would love that when we figure it out. So once we got that figured out, uh, we were so excited to invite her on and meet her. And actually, since um, our interview, we've been in contact with Barbara, and she is truly a kind, genuine, caring human being. And we just feel so grateful to have connected with her. So a big thank you to Barbara, and we hope you enjoy her pep talk today. So uh, welcome, Barbara, um, uh, who I found on Twitter. And I also saw your website, Corner on Character, and you just post everything positive and uh, very seem like a very uplifting person and like our kind of gal. So I thought we were just were super excited that you're here today with us on our podcast. So welcome. And can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Thank you. Yes, I actually am entering my 37th year as an educator, although I like to tell people that I started teaching in the first grade because I had a pretty progressive first grade teacher who saw kind of a busybody, maybe a little bit of a know-it-all and said, I can put her to work. So I started teaching in the first grade and I've been a teacher ever since. I've had the blessing of all of the ages and stages. I started in high school teaching Spanish with a degree out of the University of Wisconsin-Madison. And when I got to Texas to teach Spanish, then I got a degree in education at the master's level and then an additional degree in counseling. So I've been a school counselor for 25 years following the 10 years at the high school level. So I made my way all the way down to pre-K. I had some stops at fifth and sixth. I ended up in third, fourth, and fifth. So really in um, the 34 years before my encore career, I've just had all, all of the developmental stages and been blessed to just work with pre-K through 12th. Okay. Wow. You've had a, a really broad range of experiences. Um, now, what are you currently working on now, Barbara? So currently I am doing some freelance work. I do consulting in mindfulness, social emotional learning, um, self-care, mm -hmm. and character development. I'm also on the character strong team and we do the same kind of SEL and core value work. I have written a, a children's book which will be published next summer and so excited about that and pretty much just zoom in all over all over um, schools will have me in for author visits or mystery reader or whatever and I'm just having the time of my life in my encore career. So I um, so you wrote a book a few years ago 
Um, and the title of that book is Superheroes, uh, What's Under Your Cape? Yes, um, Superheroes of the Character Kind. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Superheroes of the Character. So first of all, I love the acronym. So you have superheroes and then you have service, unconditional love, perseverance, empathy, respect, honesty, enthusiasm, responsibility, obedience, encouragement, and self-discipline. And I love that. So I, I read through your book and I was just, first of all, I was struck by the richness of your activities and just how many like dances and chants and things that kids can do with their hands. For example, your um, empathy, you had something like your thumb, your pinky, and I was kind of thinking about, yes. And what, what I thought of um, with that is like right now in our current reality, if kids are going to be in school or in front of a screen, these are things that kids could do. You know, because Holly yes. and I, we're always kind of thinking like what we try to come up with tools to give to teachers to use um, with themselves or with kids um, that are really, really simple. And that's what I noticed about a lot of your, you had a chicken dance, a chant, the empathy. So tell us a little bit about that and that, and tell us a little bit about your book, the superhero book. So, right. I started, um, in 2014, I wrote that book and really just started because I started as a Spanish teacher and total physical response was such a great way to teach like pantalones and you'd bring the pants and you'd slap your pants and like there was just, it was just so kinesthetic, right? And so when I switched into school counseling, even though I was no longer working with teenagers, you know, when you're in Spanish one, it's a little bit like you're in kindergarten. And so I took a lot of those ideas, like how do I make this totally engaging for them? And so I started writing the little ditties and songs and, and the empathy switch was just basically put your pinky up and that's you and put your thumbs up and that's me and now switch those. And that's just a tangible way to teach something that might, also, might be a little tangential for a five-year-old, but after I would teach that, if I even said the word empathy, their pinky and their finger would go up, their thumb and their pinky, and they would try that, and they would be like, it's hard, and I'm like, yes, so is empathy, but guess what? <laughs> With practice, we get better, and that extends to everything we do in life. With practice, we can get better. Yeah. You know, Barbara, I was trying that along with you as you were doing it. And it is really hard to do it, but I can see it would be a really great challenge for kids. And like Julie said, you know, as we're doing this virtual learning, most of us are moving online right now, at least for the time being. Um, but maybe some of these like little tips, you know, that you could tie it with that idea of empathy, but then have something that is a little bit like TPR as far as the physical part. Um, and attaching it like that, I think that might be really a great strategy for teachers. So I love that. So Do you have any other um, tips like that or strategies as far as empathy goes? Um, you know, a lot of times with empathy, it was just through fiction. We'd be reading the book and we'd say, you know, what would you need if you were so-and-so or, you know, how is he feeling and how can you tell and just kind of that emotional literacy. So really in our virtual classroom survival guide which is an ebook i collaborated on this summer we do have a lot of visual cues so that 
at, so I can show a little picture and emoji or whatever at the screen and be like, okay, how is this guy feeling? How can you tell? And it's just a picture. And then if you put a mask on them, all of a sudden you have, oh, I have to learn to tell how they're feeling through their eyes, which we all know are the window to the soul, right? But little kids don't know that yet. And so right now, so much opportunity with you know, masking up and having these conversations to build empathy for one another as we kind of give it to ourselves because empathy isn't just for other people, it's for ourselves because right now, every single person is going through something new. Right. Like the, the words I don't know have taken on this whole new meaning because used to, I could say, well, I don't know, but let me find out for you. Now I could say like, whoa, I don't know. And I could find out, but it's likely to change in the next hour or a few minutes. So like we have to have empathy for the situation, for one another and for ourselves. That's one of my favorite topics, truly. Yeah. You know, Barbara, I looked at your virtual survival guide on Teacher Pay Teacher and oh my gosh, is it adorable. I love your character pops and that they have masks. Yes. That is a riot. Anything to open up the conversation. Yes. Super clever, super cute. So um, what age level is that guide for, your virtual survival guide? What grade? We made it for pre-K through, through second grade because, you know, you have to have a target audience. But I have worked with third and fourth graders who would also love any of the brain breaks, those emotion pops, any of the visual cues. So, I mean, okay, we're talking like it's $15 for 250 pages. So oh I would think even if you're <laughs> working with third and fourth graders, you could find something. It's also got a parent guide in English and Spanish. So if you want a handbook ready to send home to get your child ready for virtual learning, because remote learning, it's not going to be like what we did in March where we were just kind of flying by the seat of the pants. Now we've got virtual academies and we're gonna actually, in some cases, in some areas, try to make this work as like real school and not just makeshift school. And so I think this will be a guide, especially for primary, but a good teacher could take that, I, I would think all the way up to fifth grade. Yeah, it's so cool. So what's it, you said, I heard you say brain breaks in there. What else is included in there? There's brain breaks, there's songs, there's chants, there's a social story about masks and not getting to go to school. There's, um, oh goodness, I said the parent handbook in English and Spanish. I've got the ABCs for caregivers and that's a two page handout which just kind of helps parents kind of um, just with some ideas of how to treat their children they, um, and, and grow alongside of them. There's a, so much of Dr. Jean's stuff, Dr. Jean Feldman out of South Carolina, and she's just been a guru in primary um, education. Tony Mullins helped. She's a primary teacher out of Kentucky, and then Laura Buonadonna up in New Jersey. So it was so fun to make a cross-country collaboration like that, really via Zoom meetings and in a Google Doc. Mm -hmm. I love that it was like, you know, you're in the middle of the pandemic, everybody's kind of stuck at home. And we talked about that, like, you know, there were some opportunities in there. What a cool way that you took advantage of that with that um, cross, cross the nation uh, collaboration. Yeah, here's the thing. In everything we do, if we can find the blessings in the burden, um, 
even like I was hit by a drunk driver in 2013 and there's just nothing like trying to recover from a trauma. But if you can find the blessings in the burden, I firmly believe that that is such a huge part of resilience and a, a bouncing forward into a new normal, like not focusing on the setback, but more on the comeback. And it's gonna look different for everybody. And I would never minimize anybody's trauma, especially having been there. But that hope, which we know is a number one indicator for resilience and that ability to mine um, blessings from the burden, I'm guessing it's like gratitude. Mm -hmm. And now what we know from research is you can't be anxious and grateful at the same time. So it's neurological impossible to be appreciating and anxious at the same time so if we could get to that gratitude some of that anxiety could lessen or could decrease there's so much power in that it's just not just a good idea there's brain research right oh I've gosh. never heard that that's so cool that you can like stop anxiety in its tracks by inserting gratitude Yes. Now, I want to um, give a caveat just from a mental health point of view. If it's severe um, organic anxiety, like it's, um, disease is not the right word, but if it's a diagnosis, I I'm not standing here and saying, well, just be grateful. Right. No. Right. <laughs> no. But situational anxiety, um, gratitude will um, be an antidote to that. Yeah. I love that tool. So Barbara, look, I noticed on your website, you had done another recent project on building relationships in a virtual classroom. And there was like five things that you could do. Do you want to speak, talk about that a little bit? I think it was uh, partner with parents. Yes. And so that was um, partner with parents. That was Tony's piece. So it had, it, it went along with the survival guide. And then we okay. each wrote the blog post and we did it as a podcast episode as well um teacher tony primary educators and so partnering with parents and then and then becoming their dream teacher you know i love that so much right. i had a teacher after the one that made me the teacher that didn't really want me to be a teacher and in fact she needed me to shut up <laughs> i can tell i know third and fourth grade basically it was like her mission to to keep me quiet which is fine i know students oh have their that's not fine. <laughs> Barbara, I forgot you posted a picture of yourself on Twitter in third or fourth grade and right or sixth grade. It was sixth grade when you had been yeah. through. Yeah. So that and was so no, right. Nobody told her that I was the teacher. And after third and fourth grade, we had heard she was moving. And so like, we're doing this little dance, like she's moving, she's moving. And you do not <laughs> want to be the teacher that the kids are dancing about when the move is announced while well, y'all had turned she was moving to fifth and sixth okay oh, that's right yes yeah and, oh. and my class got to endure four years of walking on eggshells and adrenal fatigue and and i i shouldn't have ever come back to school because the research says for one bad year, it can take up to three years to recover. Well, if you do the math, that's like four years of her scaring us to death. And then like that would be, we would have never come back to school. So I, I missed most of seventh grade. And that's when I resolved like, 
I am going to come back and be a teacher and I am going to be joyful and make these kids my favorite and, and listen to their voice and, and give them a purpose, help them find their purpose. Oh yeah. my gosh. That's yeah. What a motivator. You were really, that's quite a memory. Um, and that is just something, you know, I, like you said, like, it, you know, in times like this, like, that's really what matters. That's really what matters no yep. matter what's going on. Um, what, so what advice, you know, knowing all that you know with all your work on character and counseling and empathy and compassion, what, um, what do you want teachers and educators to know? Well, first and foremost, that you cannot serve from an empty vessel. Mm -hmm. And so um, self-care is not selfish. And in fact, the um, activist Nost, her last name is K-N-O-S-T, she says, it doesn't mean me first, it means me too. And I've kind of taken the spin on that, that self-care is not um, a reactive luxury, it's a proactive necessity. And so if we have not carved out ways to feed our soul and to keep us in the game, then we aren't doing anybody any favors. And it becomes compassion fatigue really, really fast or empathic distress. And, and we become resentful or we risk that. Mm -hmm. So I really want to talk to teachers first and foremost about feeding their emotional side and their social side. One of my most popular workshops right now is an SEL smorgasbord and it's for grown-ups, right? Mm -hmm. How do you become self-aware? What's your love language? Maybe we do an Enneagram, you know, maybe we do a learning style, like tap into who you are so that you know how you best need to be cared for mm -hmm. so that you can be your best caring for others, that spiritual side, that psychological side, that personal side, that professional side. Mm -hmm. You know, we have like six sides and, mm -hmm. and sometimes we're going 90 to nothing and we don't stop and care for us because we're so busy caring for others. Mm -hmm. yeah. I think that's such a valuable point, you know, and I, I guess right now I'm thinking, uh, well, I think in the past, you know, as educators, it's always like care for others, care for others, care for others. I think there are a lot of us that fit in that category and self-care has been a luxury, but um, the current times, I think, are making that less and less, or more, more and more, it's understandable that that's less and less of a luxury. So I was kind of thinking about um, your, your work with empathy, since you have so much vast knowledge with that. And I think going into this year, having empathy for ourselves is really important. But um, one of the things that's come up on our podcast and with our listeners is like, gosh, we are going to have people across the board, you know, feeling, feeling different feelings, being in different emotional spaces about current events, about um, their personal safety. So what, do you have any strategies that you would give to adults based on your work with empathy? Like how, how do you, um, have empathy with somebody who has maybe a different or, you know, an alternative point of view on one of these areas. Yeah. So empathy isn't about fixing anything. And that's really important. That comes out of Brene Brown's work so strong. It's not about fixing. It's about holding space mm -hmm. and um, really just, just conveying the message that you're not alone. I see you. I hear you you matter. I may or may not get it, but guess what? I don't have to. I just have to acknowledge 
your pain. And at the same time, I'm acknowledging your successes. Empathy is not only just for pain, right? And so sometimes we think, oh, empathy, that's just so we can be there to heal with one another. And, and that is, but it's feeling with as opposed to feeling for, again, a Brene Brown um, distinction, so that I'm feeling with you, whether you're in distress or whether you're celebrating. Um, stepping into their story and just being present is so incredibly powerful. Unwrapping the present with them, whether you say a word or not, we've already talked about how it's in the eyes, right? Mm -hmm. um, and you don't even really have to understand. You can try to understand, absolutely. You can try to imagine if that were you, what might you want and need. But I think the most powerful thing I heard this summer from my friend John Norlin, um, Character Strong, he said, you know, it used to be treat others the way you wanna be treated, but what if we made it treat others the way they wanna be treated? Mm -hmm. Because why would I put my lens on somebody else? Mm -hmm. And point. I thought, oh my goodness, that's just another way to look at the golden rule. I think he called it the platinum rule. But regardless, it's another way to say, I'm with you. I, I don't have an answer. One, you probably don't need an answer. I'm just going to listen to understand rather than listen to respond. So sharpening those listening skills, if you've got, you know, something that you use, we've used solar um, from capturing kids' hearts. So you're, you know, you're squaring off and you're leaning in, your open posture, you know, your eye contact and, and you're listening um, with respect. But whatever is your active listening, to practice that with kids and grown-ups. SEL is not just for kids. So get us to remember how we actively listen so that we're not talking over each other or listening so that I can tell my story too. You know, if you have a story that connects in time, absolutely share it. But just in that moment when they need to emote, to just be uncomfortable holding those hard feelings with them. We're not used to uncomfortable. Yeah. We want to run away from uncomfortable. I think Brene says embrace the suck. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of opportunities to do that right now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's really powerful. And I just, yeah, I just think pausing, you know, like you said, don't resist the urge to always respond and fix. And I think educators, we want to respond and fix. Um, caretakers, we want to respond and fix. And it's like a little bit of a shift to just give space, like, you know, allow ourselves space, give other people space. And I think something else in your superhero book that I like, I think you talked about balcony people in terms of like yeah. lifting people up and, and, um, you know, I'm trying to be mindful of, um, of who I'm spending my time with, that there are people that are positive people that are going to bring out the best in me. And I think like your balcony was like, people who are in your life is gonna cheer you on and just like, how can we encourage each other? So I just, I love that, that piece. Yeah, that was from a book called Balcony People and there's balcony people or basement people. And I've also heard it like a fountain or a drain. Like, are you the fountain? Or are you the drain? And, and let's be honest, we're going to all be a drain at yeah. some time because hard stuff happens, but you don't have to choose to drown down the drain.
drain, you know? <laughs> and, and if you do, if you do hang out with those balcony people or the, or the people who want to just be that rainbow in your storm, then when somebody needs you, you do that for them. And it's just so much more productive and it's healthier. Mm -hmm. Right. Oh my gosh, Barbara, you have just so much amazing stuff to say. <laughs> it's just on and on and on. So um, is there anything else that you want our listeners to know? Well, I'm just so blessed that you guys would reach out today. I love sharing what I know. I love learning. Um, Brene Brown, Dare to Lead, a must read. Um, yeah, the I other one, Dr. Michelle Borba, um, Unselfie, another excellent empathy book if you ever want your staff it came out like three summers ago, but it's still so timely today. And then her next book will be out in March, and that will be about resilience. That will be called Thrivers. So Dr. Borba is one of my, my empathy heroes. I guess just keep reading, just keep learning, keep growing, and for sure keep laughing. We underestimate the power of laughter, but it is so powerful. It's I mean, you just can't be mad when you're laughing. All those uncomfortable feelings can go away if you can find a way to laugh and that can keep you joyful and hopeful and resilient. Yeah, what a beautiful way to end. I think that's, you know, right now we were thinking this is a little bit of a rough time for teachers. So to have a few people that are on that really can give us some pep talks. Um, and you've been really amazing. This has been great to talk to you and you're so insightful about character education, but really far more than that. It's kind of like people education, which I think are hugely important life skills for our kids and for us. Yeah. I think it's life stuff. And I think it's finding a mentor. I had some such amazing mentors along the way. And so you gather the wisdom from the people that will, you know, give you what they know, and then you piggyback and run with it. And then you always, you know, come back for more and, and, and get filled up again. And so just, you know, don't let those, don't let those lights burn out. Don't let that cup get empty because for us to pour in, we can't give what we don't. So for us to pour in, we have to allow ourselves to be poured into. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. So Barbara, we will look for your new book. I'm imagining uh, we will find it on your website, A Corner on Character. Uh, as soon as I have that, yes. As soon as I have that meeting Monday, we're going to start telling people about it. So you guys kind of have the first intel. Wow. That's okay. <laughs> and, and so how can people get a hold of you? You're on Twitter at Barbara Gruner. And um, A Corner on Character is your website. And any other ways that you want people to get in touch with you? Well, I do have a Facebook page for my book. So it's Facebook forward slash what's under your cape. And I'll just post things that I find that have to do with social and emotional learning and um, character development and core value um, integration. So I post a couple times a day over there. Not of it, I'm not really creating so much as curating and i also have a really big pinterest collection that i vetted because there's empathy there's mindfulness there's sel i've got a bunch of pages that would be character development related so that's pinterest forward slash b gruner okay amazing we will link all of that in our show notes so that awesome. people can follow you and we can find your new book and if they haven't read what's under your cape i just loved it i just think it has tools that um, are really applicable to right now and, and always, but especially right now. So thank you, Barbara, so much. 
Um, My pleasure. So okay. great. Have a happy new year. Yes. Yeah. We're <laughs> right. we both, actually, we both <laughs> are back to work this week. So we're kind of diving in and um, we're excited. We're excited.